The Secret Church Podcast is a resource from Radical.net. For The Secret Church 20 study guide and other resources that go along with this audio, visit Radical.net slash SC20. And this is Secret Church 20, Episode 5. We've seen 64 biblical truths. Now let's draw 12 gospel conclusions that will lead us into practical takeaways. And my, I want to be clear, my aim at this point is to add nothing new. Instead, it's to summarize all that we've seen under the banner of those core gospel threads that we identified a few hours ago. So this section should go pretty quick here. I just want you to see, based on the gospel, and then these 64 truths from Scripture, how the gospel specifically relates to government. So think about each of those threads of the gospel, and I'll just try to keep it at two truths per thread. So first, God's character. God is a loving creator, sovereign king, and holy judge of all. I trust we've seen that God alone and not government is ultimately worthy of all glory. We must obey God rather than men. God alone, not government, is ultimately worthy of all our worship, of all our trust, of all of our affections, and of all of our allegiance. First gospel conclusion, God alone, not government, is ultimately worthy of all glory. Second gospel conclusion, to the extent that governments and leaders reflect God's character, those governments and leaders will be good for citizens. So to the extent with which governments and leaders reflect the character of God, those governments and leaders will be good for citizens. Just envision governments and leaders reflecting God's love, God's wisdom, God's justice, God's good authority like we have seen in Scripture. Maybe another way to put this gospel conclusion, the more a government reflects the goodness of God, the better a government will be for its people. The more a government reflects the goodness of God and all that means in his love, wisdom, justice, authority, according to his word, like the better a government will be for people created by God. That's gospel conclusion two. Moving on to the O, offense of sin. Men and women are wonderfully and uniquely created by God, yet we've rebelled against him, are separated from him, and deserve death before him. So how does that thread shape our understanding of government? Well, in a sinful world, government possesses authority from God to do justice, authority granted by God to do justice. Romans 13 showed us government is instituted by God to promote good and punish evil. We saw all throughout our time tonight to protect liberty and promote family government given by God to affirm equality and fuel prosperity to help the poor to support the oppressed these are all purposes that God has designed for government under the banner of doing justice the problem is second gospel conclusion under this gospel thread and a sinful world government is a battleground of God's that leads to injustice of idolatry that leads to injustice. In a sinful world, nations rage and peoples plot against God, play God, set themselves up as God, seek other gods. And the idolatry of self, sex, money, rights, prominence, and power among all people, and particularly among leaders, leads to corruption, oppression, discrimination, persecution, and degradation among nations. Idolatry leads to injustice. This is the problem in a world gone awry. In a sinful world, government is a battleground of God's that leads to injustice, which is why we look to the sufficiency of Christ, S. Our third gospel thread, Jesus is God in the flesh, the long-awaited king who has come to live a perfect and powerful life, die a sacrificial substitutionary death, rise from the grave in victory over sin, Satan, and death. Based on that gospel truth, we draw this gospel conclusion. Jesus is the only perfect leader, and he will one day govern over all. 
We didn't read Revelation 19, but that passage powerfully predicts the return of Christ, the only perfect leader. I'm gonna read it. I saw heaven open, behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. In righteousness, he judges and makes wars. War, makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire. On his head are many diadems. He has a name written that no one knows but himself. He's clothed in a robe dipped in blood. By the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is the only perfect leader. He will one day govern over all. And second gospel conclusion here, Jesus is the only perfect possible redeemer and he desires the salvation of all he's the only hope for all people and he desires all people to know his salvation first timothy chapter 2 which leads to p personal response god calls all people in all nations to repent believe in jesus for the forgiveness of sins turning from all idols to declare allegiance to jesus alone as king trusting in jesus alone as lord of one's life so for all who repent and believe in jesus for all who choose to follow jesus they possess an entirely new political identity We saw this in Philippians. Followers of Jesus have two passports, citizens of a temporary country on earth, citizens of an eternal country in heaven. And our dual citizenship totally changes the way we live while we're still here. These two passports have two particular effects that we saw when it comes to government. One, persecution from government should be expected. 2 Timothy 3.12, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Not that we seek persecution, but we expect it. And if we are truly following Jesus in this world, it will come to us. And opposition to government is possible, meaning it's very possible that followers of Jesus will face a circumstance where they must say, I must obey God rather than government. Why? Because in an ultimate sense, followers of Jesus possess an entirely new political identity. And second gospel conclusion here, followers of Jesus comprise an entirely new political community called the church. And the church is the most important political community on earth. Why? Because it's where the nations, we saw this, it's where the nations can see the just governance of God at work. The church is the political outpost on earth made up of ambassadors of the kingdom who are supposed to love one another, care for one another, teach one another, live alongside one another in a way that centers around the king. People will see the goodness of God in the governance, organization, relationships, use of resources in the church. God, help us to be a church that displays your glory like this means the church is the most important political community for the Christian because this is where the nations must see the just governance of God. Like Christians, don't underestimate the high calling you have been given as part of the church of Jesus Christ, the body and bride of Christ for the display of his glory and his goodness to a watching world. The church is the most important political community for the Christian and is where the nations must see, they need to see the just governance of God. They need to see him in us. Which leads to the next gospel truth, E, eternal urgency. Hell, the eternal horrifying destination for all who turn from Jesus, heaven, the eternal satisfying dwelling place of God for all who trust in Jesus. Put all we've seen in scripture under the umbrella of this gospel thread, our ultimate hope is in God and his kingdom, not government in our country. Which means our ultimate aim is people's salvation, not political position. We want people's names to be written in the Lamb's book of life. That's what we're living for because that's what's gonna matter in all of eternity. Which leads to the last gospel thread, L, life transformation. All who believe the gospel are new creations, filled with God's spirit, children in God's family, members of God's church, and heirs of God's kingdom. 
So as Jesus transforms our lives more and more every day, he calls us to honor government through good works in any nation. Do good, 1 Peter 2 tells us. Christians honor our government by doing good works in any nation where we live. And the church honors God by spreading the gospel to every nation. That's the commission we have been given. And it is global in nature, spanning every government, geopolitical entity, people group on the planet. This part of what tonight has been about. I hope you've seen it. So this is my attempt to summarize how the gospel transforms the way we view government and our lives under government. 12 gospel conclusions. Thank you for listening. You can find more episodes from Secret Church and thousands of other free resources at Radical.net.